Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Ishan Akbar, and you're listening to 929, a podcast from Fiverr.com. The show is the same as before. You give nine minutes and 29 seconds of your time, and I give you an exclusive conversation with a guest who will leave you feeling educated and inspired. You're going to have to make mistakes. There's going to be a lot of turbulence. And actually, you need to brace yourself and know that you have to go for that turbulence. Otherwise, you will never be able to get better at it. On this week's episode, I'm speaking to Dr. Anne-Marie Imaphidon, the co-founder of STEMETS, a social enterprise which encourages girls aged 5 to 25 to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering and maths. Do we want to be part of this process and how do we ensure that we've got the right environment, the right policies or the right norms within our culture to say that not everything has he by default in it? Along with her amazingly long list of achievements and credentials, she was voted the most influential woman in tech in the UK in 2020. As we only have nine minutes and 29 seconds, let's start the show. So, Amory, look, I read your profile and I'd heard about you before and I was thinking... Anne-Marie is definitely the person my parents would have compared me to every <laughs> single year. Yeah. Be like, why can't you be like Anne-Marie? Look at her. She's amazing. You are amazing. I don't know how, how is that supposed to make me feel. <laughs> For those people who might not know who you are, yes. and they should, do you mind giving us a bit of a rundown as to who you are and what you do? I am a technologist. I'm a woman in technology. I run a social enterprise, a non-profit called STEMETS that's all about inspiring and encouraging the next generation of female technologists um, and scientists and engineers and mathematicians into what we call STEM, which is the science, the technology, engineering, and maths. We have a bit of art in there, so some people might recognize STEAM as well. Um, So that's my kind of main job, but I also host the Women Tech Charge podcast. I'm a trustee at the Institute for the Future of Work. I'm a keynote speaker. There's like a lot of hats that I have at the moment, lots of kind of things. I'm an author. I do, I do, bits and now the pinnacle of your career guest on the 929 podcast sure exactly i'm gonna to have to add that to the story yeah <laughs> amory what is the lesson you want to share today so my lesson is around what what we as technologists what people in industry can do to make sure that we have the right representation in our industry because at the moment in tech we have a really poor, um, it's, a, it's an underrepresentation basically of women and actually different, different ethnic minorities in the workforce, despite technology being something that touches all parts of society, touches all parts of work, touches education, like it literally touches life. Um, and so having just one kind of person in industry um, is something we need to do something about. So my lesson, my kind of mini lesson, I guess, today for the podcast is what we should be doing about it. So let's let's pair it back a little bit. Why do you think that there is a problem? Why is there a shortage of, say, women or ethnic minorities in technology roles? The way I sum it all up is this social norm that we have, 
where if you want to talk about a technical woman, it's not something that we have in our minds. We don't have the stereotype of them. We don't have the archetype. We don't have the history or the history even. There's this kind of um, invisibility, I guess, of technical women to the point that we don't believe that they exist. So whether that then reflects in the experiences that girls have in school when they might want to take on these subjects to the experiences that women have in the workplace where they are literally invisible or it's kind of assumed that they don't know what they're talking about to what we have at the kind of the height of our industry where we, we don't have the right kind of um, representation of women in leadership positions in technology. All these things become a kind of a vicious cycle of women don't do tech or women aren't technical or they don't get this stuff or I'm too pretty to do maths or I'm too blonde to do maths and all those other kind of awful things that we have across our kind of social norms why would you hire a woman into that technical role? Why would you re respect your manager as a woman? Or why would you think that you're the CEO? You know, if you're sat with two people in the room and they're, you're an investor and they're pitching to you, mm. why would you have any cause to think that the woman is the one that knows technically what's happening in the thing that you might be investing in? How do you think businesses and industries can make themselves a more attractive proposition to those groups that you've mentioned? It's in how you hire, how you promote, how you and how you retain people in your organisation. So there's quite a lot of kind of um, think pieces, thought leadership. There are things like the Tech Talent Charter and um, kind of got big playbooks as to kind of how do you hire, you know, whether it's things like the Rooney Rule, which you may have heard of from the NFL, um, from the NFL, I guess, uh, Dan Rooney yeah. said kind of, You've got a lot of coaches who are ex-players. The ex-players are quite a diverse group. The coaches are quite a diverse group. The head coaches aren't a diverse group. And so what he said was, okay, fine, we're not going to close or you're not allowed to close a recruitment round if you haven't interviewed at least one coach of colour. And so just being in, this is the thing of being intentional and saying, okay, cool, we've not done this right if we've only got one type of person coming through. So that's with, that's with hiring. But even if it's looking at promotion and the kind of language that you use around promotion and who you're promoting. So is it something that's an opt-in process? Do people have to put themselves forward? Or can people be nominated, right? Because this isn't even a woman's thing. This is just a people's thing. People are different. People thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether it's looking at the language that you use in those performance reviews. So there's a lot of things where actually kind of it's small tweaks but it's just think of who else, like be in intentionally inclusive. What other kind of person do we want to be part of this process? And how do we ensure that we've got the right environment, the right policies or the right norms within our culture to say that not everything has he by default in it? Where do you think the responsibility lies? So do you think it's women who need to break through and learn about the brilliant technologists that have come before who are women or do you think industries need to do a lot more in encouraging women to consider careers in, in technology there's industry and there's government so i think industry kind of has bears the most of the responsibility at mm. the end of the day industry you know stands to gain the most from sorting this problem out but also largely industry is the reason why we have this problem in the first place so I think it's something where, you know, if, if this is going to contribute to your bottom line, if this is going to ensure that you've got, you're able to build better products because you understand more about your audience, if this is going to make sure that you um, enjoy yourselves more at work because you've got different types of people and so people can be more of themselves in the workplace, there's actually quite mm -hmm. a lot the industry stands to gain from diversifying. Um, and then I think kind of when we talk about government, it's also that society has a lot to gain from industry being more diverse, whether it's, again, kind of what's reflected in those products that we have. I kind of 
always end up, and I love doing this, especially in rooms of kind of senior men who have never really heard this, this word before in a professional setting, but love talking about even kind of periods of the menstrual cycle where mm. there's so many things, there's so many examples that we've got of, I'm building something that tracks your health um, and it tracks your sleep and it tracks, tracks your steps. And who knows whether there's this thing that actually quite a lot of the, of the population have that's also tied to their health which might be their menstrual yeah. cycle and ignoring yeah. something like that, or even worse, assuming that you know all there is to know about that, having never had yeah. a cycle before, and then investing millions into building technology that then kind of has a rather big central fault at the middle of it. It then becomes yeah. very clear that, okay, either there are no women in your team or they were there and you didn't listen, but either way, this is now quite a costly mistake and you've built a feature that literally is useless and actually if you had a different type of people or a different set of people around the table or as part of your innovation process then you know on something as basic as the menstrual cycle you could have built better but what about other things that are more tacit or slightly less overt that you're missing out on by not just having a different perspective or people that have different lived experiences really ruining the fact that it's only nine minutes and 29 seconds long because I feel like I could talk to you for much much longer and if you didn't notice your who you were you know in tech being a woman a black woman in tech before let me be the one to say to you that the work you're doing now is necessary it's important and you are an absolute star so you know society will be grateful for everything thank you I hope they will when Terminator 2 doesn't happen that's like my thing that's my driving force every day we can't kill ourselves by accident fantastic well and marie thank you so much for giving us your time really enjoyed speaking to you thanks for having me thank you to dr Anne marie maffedon for that insightful and important chat as always 929 is a fiverr podcast remember to subscribe and rate the show on apple podcasts and be sure to tell a friend who you think could benefit from the lessons we learn i've been ishan akbar and thanks for listening Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.